you are listening to episode 50, holy crap, of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about rancid. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Melancon of Debacle Records. And each week, normally, we pick a rancid song and talk about, or a rancid adjacent song, whatever, and talk about it and all our complicated feelings. But this week, we're doing a mailbag. I feel like I need a jingle right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I had more, if I had, if I felt like I had the capacity to do it, I would try to like write, write like, like a, a rancid mailbag jingle. But like, do, do they ever yeah. talk about mail? Like, does the mail ever show up in a rancid like or like letters? In a rancid song? Yeah, because we could totally drop that oh. in here. If we were a better fan, yeah, I, I feel know. like we would know this. There's got to be something right. about a letter or. Because there's something in Black Derby Jacket about a letter or something, you know what I mean? Like some. See, I don't know. That's a song. It's a song I tune out because of the vocals. Oh, but anyway. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's a mailbag. So hey, what are we gonna do? We're gonna read your letters and listen to your voicemails and respond to them, and that's how it goes. So thanks everybody for sending stuff in too. Seriously. It's awesome to you know get such a re- response and. Um, yeah, it just rules. So, uh, let's just get into it because there's quite a few. And to start, Taylor writes, I'm not sure how many emails you're getting at this point, but I was thinking it'd be cool if you read portions of those to give a reaction to the song you're talking about that particular week. Maybe like a brief mailbag, in quotes, that occurs after you both give your take so as not to influence your discussion. But it may be interesting to be like, oh, Tony from Tampa generally states this about dead bodies. The week you're talking about dead bodies. Anyway, it's your show, but that's two, my two cents. So this isn't his whole email, but yeah. hey, that's kind of that's what we're doing. And anyway, uh, anyway, so obviously, just listen. <laughs> obviously, well, you're kind yeah. of including this as the opener because Taylor, that's what we're right. doing, and we're especially right. trying to do that with. The uh, voice the voicemails. Mails. And so, like, doing kind of the book club element of the voicemail of, like, if we're talking about a song coming up or talking about a song recently that you've got to take on, that is really what that voicemail is for. Really trying to involve yeah. more folks about, like, if something means something to you, you've got a funny take on it or anything, you know, hit that voicemail. Yeah. And we'll play it on air. Yep. Um, so he continues, just listened to Bava a few times over, and I can say it wasn't one I really cared for when the record came out. Several listens this, this evening later, and I'm digging it. 70s rock and roll vibe to the track while singing about the early to mid-70s. I get the vibe of being in a dive bar, maybe a few pool tables, and this band is just killing it with the locals. Only thing missing from this one is Lars doing one of those breaking the fourth wall type things and making a call to the audience. Fun track, and thanks for getting getting me to give it a second chance totally agree that a like everybody tip your waitresses or something would have been would have been amazing and it it still continues to be both a delightful little like goofy little song and also like if any other band presented that song to me i would be like get the fuck out of here oh i know yeah there's something about the uh, there's just a baked in absurdity to the song yeah and it and yeah but and having rancid do that just means something very different or feels very different. yeah it's like it's it, just one of those it's one of those like oh they don't seem to be taking themselves quite as serious oh yeah and you're like thank like, god and it's just that right. thing of like 
people who it's well suited to them and all that stuff we we talked about it but it's like right. it's such that thing of like i don't know music and art is so unfair because it's like context is so much of it and it's like it's could another band play that song and do a really good job with it and like i wouldn't care at all sure but like that's that's the way the world works like right. i'm sorry if that's, that's true but like right. that is the way the world works and it's like meh, all right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I totally, yeah, very dive bar feel and I, you know, and Lars has done the breaking the fourth wall thing kind of yeah, yeah. a little bit. This is the new exactly. face. I think that's roll. the reference there. It's the gospel now. It's the gospel yeah. now. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, all right. So, uh, Alex writes, hi guys. My name is Alex. I've been listening since episode two came out and let me tell you, it's the same week as episode one. So you've been listening since week one. Uh, let me tell you, yeah. I was so excited to see a Ranson podcast of all things. I searched Ranson in the search bar of Apple Podcasts, looking for an episode about Ranson, but finding an entire podcast surrounding it was an even better outcome. Anyways, I can't wait for more, and thanks for putting Ranson out there. P.S. I'm excited to hear your episode about bad optics, such exciting music. Uh, Alex, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of threw this one in to be a placeholder for just very nice messages we've got uh, over the last yeah. year. Uh, it is so nice to get those messages a big uh, thing that Brad and I have been talking about and preaching is how nice it is to yes. be interacting with people in the world, you know, post COVID plus just internet culture, getting nice notes like this. It's not, I'm not soliciting them, but I am saying like, these do mean a lot to us and, and we appreciate them. And even if it takes us many, many weeks sometimes to get back to you or, right. or, um, you know, to do mailbags like this, I just want to say like, this is the this is everything. We're not doing this for any other reason other than to just process our own friendship and feelings about rancid, you know. Right. And then get getting this stuff is just this nice bonus. So really happy that you're enjoying it. And then yeah, bad optics. You know, we've had a couple of days to marinate in the new song. We did our emergency podcast a couple of days ago, and like I'm just so happy. I'm just so it's such a cool development. Like we knew our new rancid albums coming this year, but the fact that bad optics I'm, exists, I'm just like. Man, I'm excited yeah. about what come, what's to come. Yeah, I it, it's I was I was ex- trying to explain it to my wife who eventually will hear this because she's been listening to this podcast. Um, but um, I was just like, this is a way bigger deal than a new Rancid record. She's like, okay, I don't. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's yeah, uh, it's and I and I still dumb. think the song rolls so. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I've um, come up on it even a little bit. So. Yeah, same, same. Um, okay, let's see. Errol, I think it's Errol. Yeah, what a good pronounced? name, like Errol Flynn. Yeah, Errol writes, Hi, gents, when are you guys going to discuss the 11th hour? You've named your podcast after it, but haven't covered it yet. Anyway, I must be old... I must be old, have been a Rancid fan for 30 years, have even permanently scarred myself with Rancid t- tattoos, enjoy your podcast, and keep up the good work. Um, when are we going to discuss the 11th hour? I don't know. Stay tuned. Yeah, um, that one's been kind of one of the sacred cows for me, to be honest. I've been like, is that the last one we do? Is that the, is that, you know, I, I've, I'll be honest, yeah. it's been kind of like one where it's like, it does feel like it needs to be a special one or like kind of a funny blind spot. In our, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of a funny one to like have been putting off for so long, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, 
And but yeah, thanks for listening. And I mean, thirty. I guess we, when did I? Not quite thirty years for me, but it's, it's close. close. Yeah. When we haven't talked about this, do you have tattoos? I can't remember. No, I don't have tattoos either. No. That's weird, and and I and I and I'm not even sure why. Yeah, it's like exactly. not even a thing that I'm. Um, I I've almost I've been saying for years that I'm going to get a Triforce tattoo. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's another and thing I still we want can start to, a but, podcast about is Zelda for sure. Uh oh my god, yeah. I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but that <laughs> last trailer. video that they released, we could have done showed... an emergency pod, honestly, about the oh my gameplay god. trailer to Breath of the Wild, Tears of the King, or that Tears was... of the Kingdom, or whatever. Holy shit. <laughs> like, I, I said this on Twitter. I was like, well, Fox Digitalis isn't going to be around the last half of May because I'm going to be too busy making weird boats. Exactly. On. I can't believe how much um, nuts that's going to be. But yeah, tattoos. Oh, it's interesting that we're both uh, people who are in cultures where I'm totally pro tattoo and think <laughs> tattoos are fine. But Same. like, I'm also, are you, I'm a little anxious about the permanence of the tattoo and like being like. Yeah, that's been part of it because I've. I, I, I yeah I overthink that and think about like well I re- I feel really strongly about this now but in ten years yes. am I gonna not and and it, I I don't think that's you know for a lot of people that's not what it's about I mean my wife has loads of tattoos so um it's it's just a very different thing the, there's there's her. this sort of lack of preciousness that I think is yes kind of admirable. Yes in a lot of people yes, our age I think and that's younger, a really good way of putting it that like they're like yeah. this doesn't matter you know like it it doesn't have to <laughs> like life happens regardless of whether or not you know you don't always get to choose and mm-hmm. it, it can be a moment in time that kind of stays with you i also like to be honest as like a big pale white guy i'm like my skin isn't <laughs> anything to like adorn or look at that i want really people to be like stoked about you know what i mean like i I mean, yeah. it's a little bit of, like, overshare around, like, body, you know, whatever. Sure. But it's, like, no, right. but it's like it's true. Like, like I would rather look at other people than, you know, like, be like, look at my cool, you know, upper arm. And then it's like, oh, you know, like. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a little bit of that. But even when I was younger and, you know, whatever, I, I, I do have a rancid adjacent thing where I always thought, did I tell you where I had, I, I thought I was, like, such a rancid fan where somewhere along the way I had gotten wires crossed and I had taken a joke I had made about Tim's middle name. <laughs> and then I thought I actually knew his middle name, but, and had made it up that his middle name was like Locksley or something. And I was like saying I was going to get like Timothy Lockley, like his, his like TLA on like my, <laughs> like my ankle or something. <laughs> this is all new to and me. And I like, that like had become later in my life like like i was like do you know i know his middle name even and it's like not as it's like ross or something you know and like (laughs) and like i had converted this joke about a tattoo into a fact and it's like it's such a good example of like how you know human beings think that they're like these like you know memory machines and it's like no you're just you're a mess like I know. I was having God. I was having this conversation with my wife the, the other night at dinner, and we were talking about something. And I was like, I was like, we maybe. Or I, I was talking about. How I was like, I can't remember shit anymore. I was like, I used to be. I used to be able to remember things really well, and now it's like, well, shit. That was like four hours ago. You can't. <laughs> And I and I think you know I think part of it's just getting older. Part of it's uh, trauma of the last 
two, yes, three years yes. of de- and all that. But it's just, I just realized that God, my memory is fucking terrible. Yeah, I know. Um, yes. So, and that's kind of um, part of the. I mean, to bring it all back, I do think that part of that is I'm kind of forcing myself to remember part of my teenage years that I really like put away for yeah. like. 17 and earlier not because i had a very traumatic life at all i had a fine life and i had a pretty great life but like i kind of sort of went eh, that's not very useful to me anymore and that's not who i am and so right. i stuffed it in a memory hole and sort of talking about early rancid has really made me go back to those times and had had right. some like really nice visceral like oh i remember the feeling of this you know so bringing it all back like that that is one of the missions of the podcast is like forcing myself to remember this and and sort of confront oh yeah this is a big part mm-hmm. of you know rancid hellcat scala all this stuff was like a really big part of who i was you know whether or not it's who i am and then it's like is that still who i am you know and it seems like a little bit right. of it is you know <laughs> which is kind of yeah, surprising right exactly no i yeah i that's been one of the real interesting um things that has happened because of this and uh yeah i think you should take this next one because it's very yeah i was gonna say i think this right this is (laughs) this is this is to me what can we say now (laughs) um all right so taylor writes yo just wanted to say loved the episode today i wonder what the episode was when he wrote this it was pretty early um Okay, love the episode today and was screaming in my car when you brought up the mountain goats with regard to B-sides because it was exactly what I was thinking. I went through a phase where I was a mountain goat super fan and was on all the, was on the forums all the time and John was dropping weird one-off demos, some of which became all-time favorites in a way that was partly me, partly gatekeeping in retrospect and partly that sense of excitement at discovery. Rancid was a weird gateway for me to more out there music because in high school i sort of set myself apart from the more pop punk oriented friend of my pop punk oriented friends by claiming rancid 2000 is my favorite it started me on the path to harsher and harsher stuff over time one final note this barely warrants a long discussion but one thing i keep thinking about during these episodes that hasn't come up is lars and tim's extensive use of guitar kill switches on intros and outros it pops up constantly so We'll start with the mountain ghost thing. Cause, yeah. Yeah. I, I was the same. I was on the, I was doing the same thing. Um, and I mean, I can, I'm going to like do a little name dropping here and make myself feel really cool. But <laughs> when I was 16, I put out a seven inch that had a mountain ghost song on it that didn't appear anywhere else until they did those, like the Ghana and the, whatever the compilations were that were, a compilation of compilation tracks and so like the song was leaving home and it's still i say is like my favorite one of my favorite mountain goat songs because of that and yeah but i was the same way i was like oh my god this obscure song is totally my favorite and i mean and, and the thing with which the mountain goes is a good example and i think you know rancid to a lesser degree um i think it's like smashing pumpkins i think we talked about radiohead, radiohead for sure but i always appreciate when bands have b-sides they're really fucking good like they're not because there's a lot of times you hear a b-side that's just it's like okay this is clearly just some leftover throwaway then they needed something to put on the other side of the single or whatever but um the mountain goat like they john would put songs like jesus this is good as anything i mean you know 
and I think Radiohead. I'm not a big head for them, but people always talk about uh, Pavement being that way too. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know them that yeah. the B side super well, so I don't know if that's true. Same. But like yeah, I've heard I that. Either. Um, I, I mean, the '90s were like the era of that of like B sides being kind of a yeah. currency for a band. You know what I mean? It was a way to to give something back to fans. You know, kind of hold something back for fans. And we talked about like how in that episode about how like it's this d- double-edged sword of like kind of gatekeeping and kind of like, you know, besides we're such a weird thing. And, and one of the, one of the weird outcomes was like, you kind of had these problems with gatekeeping and, and sort of like, Oh, you don't know right. this weird bootleg of whatever, you know, like, you know, it's like all the Radiohead fans were like, Oh, you didn't know nude back in 97 when they couldn't get a good version of it. And they kept, you know, doing it live and all these things. Right. And it's like, doesn't really matter. The real version of nude kills all those versions. You know, get over yourself. You know what I mean? Like, right. who cares? You know, like, and it's like, right. But it was also such a product of the scarcity model of the CD era. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 like the CD single and all these things. You know, like even more than a seven inch thing. It was like, well, we have more room. You know, the CD is as big mm-hmm. as. It, it's the same size when right. we're putting on a single. So like, oh, we can put six B-sides on this. You know what I mean? Right. And, and uh, yeah, Rancid was like right at the peak of that, you know, so. Yeah. Um, and I do think that's interesting. He talks about how it was his sort of gateway to harsher yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean. I'm, um, I can see that with 2000. For I'm sure. sure it was a little bit um, for me, not that I wasn't also doing, you know, hardcore and post-hardcore, but like it was probably encouraging to me that like, oh, as I'm going down these, like, pathways, you know, to weirder hardcore and grind and all these things that, like, Rancid was kind of too, you know, it was kind of in the air, you know, it was, like, encouraging to me. And, you know, we've talked about how even the little tiny bits of Let Me Go kind of going, like, a little psychedelic in the guitar line, like, felt like a little permissiveness to, like, be like, oh, yeah, guitar, you know, psychedelic guitar is a thing that's interesting to me. And even though that's, like, 10 mm-hmm. seconds it still felt like ooh, even they feel this way you know what i mean like um also yeah i mean yeah <clears throat> no i mean i i, I yeah I, just, I get what you said like for me it was not that like by because again i'm older yeah so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but by 2000 like i was way down the fucking i had like noise bands and yeah yeah yes yeah. i because I was just so fucking cool. You're I mean, way cooler. Was... <laughs> Let's make sure that. Every... No, I'm joking. Uh, also about like. But, no, but I do think. Go ahead. I wonder if I, I do wonder though. I, I just thinking about that. I feel like that there's probably a decent number of people out there who like that was a pathway, and I think that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there's yeah. Tell us like like because that was like the turnover to a lot of weird music just becoming a lot more. I mean, that was the beginning in mm-hmm. my mind of the American Underground was about 2001 to 2003, right? That's where it really all started. Of like the kind of do anything American Underground, you know, freak folks going to come around the corner. Uh, no, American Noise Underground is coming around the corner. You know, like hardcore is really going weird places right around this time. Uh, you know, like uh, five yeah, RC, maybe in a more you know, like yeah, like maybe in a more accessible because you know, like. Stuff like Shrimper and was around, which is like where the Mountain Goats started. And they they were putting out the weirdest shit. Like the Mountain Goats was the least for sure. Like thing. and that there's was like a but yeah, it, it was a, like underground and that stuff. It all existed, but like there's like two or three big movements that were about to like boom in a way that yeah. like no, that's 
you know, yes. like, yeah. So the timing was right for a movement sort of base thing. Not, not to say there's almost never, you say there was nothing in right. something. Like, sure. There was many waves of that before, but I'm just saying for the right age group, you know, it's about to come around. So if you could yes. have been priming, gotcha. priming the pump a little bit. Um, also this thing about kill switches, like if you talk, if you watch them talk about their guitars, they talk about how one of the one of the uh, pickups is off you know what i mean like they fully go hard on the whole kill switch thing and um and i just think 90s did that like that was such a 90s punk rock thing like right. i think fugazi was really into that and like it was just right. such like a cheap like do you feel like it was like guitarists wanting to push their sound out but like being kind of afraid to do anything too crazy you know what i mean like like it felt like to me yeah. it felt like a like the tiniest bit of sonic youth you know what i mean like okay we're not going to string some right. strings through a thing to make it sound like a bell that's too much like i'm not going to put a screwdriver through my guitar neck that's too much but i can kind of put a kill switch here to kind of make play with feedback a little bit and then i'll be you know like it's like the tiniest hint towards a little psychedelia yeah. you know a little bit more i think so it was it was it was the one thing that was somehow permissible yeah, or something yeah. without, um, yeah. Because if you went if you got too far, that you know, yeah, I think be like, oh, that's not punk rock. Yeah, and, you know, like, and then you're like swans and 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 right, you know, song youth and you know, and you're, you're what are you doing? You're you're trying to be college, right. you know, art rock, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah, you're still punk rock if you're just doing a kill switch. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, so Lasse, Lasse, Lasse um, would like to hear, he says, I would like to hear your opinion on Lars' whole Danish ancestry, in quotes, thing. How does it come across to someone not from Denmark? I, <laughs> I, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, I think, at one point. I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's one of those things, you know, we've talked a lot about how there are a number of times that Lars in particular, um, but more generally Rancid will, they'll be talking about stuff. It's like things that it just gets the, you yeah. Kind of the puts line. you on yeah. guard. Yeah. And it's like, Ooh, and this is one, this is like one of the biggest ones. Yeah. This, this comes across as a little bit of like, you know, a North American man talking about, old nordic countries it's almost always like whoo hold on what are you what are you gonna say next yeah. you know and if it was a guy in a black metal band or uh you know you know he's you know that's <laughs> we get shit every time we talk about skinheads and oil music but it's like it's not like this connection doesn't exist you know what i mean and so like right you get worried and he tends to always kind of reel it back in and i don't want to it seems like it comes from a place to as somebody who is not like a direct very connected immigrant family, you know, like I'm enough generations back that I'm like pretty just white bread mm-hmm. American personally that like, like I don't have a direct immigrant father or mother who went through anything in the, in the old country that has like a complicated relationship with the old country. And a lot of times the kids of those people, it seems like go through kind of a complicated trying to own it or disown it. And it seems like he's coming through this whole, like trying to own it thing because he sees some power and some like yeah some some something about identity there and i don't want to like shit yeah. on that 
because he's got this very like you know famously strong danish mother who went through her parents went through a lot she went through a lot you know um right and she was very proud of her heritage and it's like that's interesting and uh, like telling and all these things and it's like that's not my experience so i I, you know but i think i'm more interested in what does it feel like for somebody from denmark because and there was some messages earlier from this person about like it comes off as cringy and sort of misinterpreting things and not exactly right it feels very like a foreigner trying to interpret something and Maybe that's kind of okay. Yeah. Like, isn't that the immigrant child's... Like, that's probably pretty common, I would guess, right? But... Uh, yeah, I would I would think. Especially for... Yeah, I mean, somebody who um, was... And, and I don't know. Was his mom from... Den- like, I mean, was she... I don't I don't know the, the whole story. Like, if yeah, he's, like, first was generation... Born, there was, I believe she was there. born over there. I think. Okay. I think, though, okay. I don't want to talk out of, you know... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean. I. I. I do. I think that is for. Um. I mean, I've had friends who were first generation. Like their parents came from. Well, I mean, hell, my mom. Uh, <laughs> my gra- My grandparents came from Germany. Um, and so it, I think that is definitely part of. It can, or it can, I, you know, I don't want to say it is, but it can be part of the experience of where you've kind of got one foot in each world but one of the worlds you don't really know like you only know it from a distance yeah and it's that really complicated and so yeah i mean i think it that lends itself to it being like an awkward thing especially like if Um, like your your entire identity is this one person's view of or these one or two people's or the small group of your extended Mm. family's view of the world right you know of that country yeah you're now your interpretation is like this very narrow interpretation of that country. Also, yes. I mean, there's just some truth to, yeah. And then the Nordic countries, when being, you know, tend to be these almost costumes that other white Anglo countries put on as a almost like a costume when they're trying to mm-hmm. quote unquote reclaim heritage and do creepy things. So it's like, and it's not dumb, so he knows he's kind of playing with that world. So it's like, I don't know, it's that thing of like, he does, he seems to walk directly into that stuff instead of going, uh, I could really, you know, push hard on this, <laughs> or it could make me seem bad, but he just kind of seems to walk directly into it. And it's like, he's yet to like cross a line in anything I've seen, though I don't go very deep into his solo stuff, to be honest, but... um same but yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if there's been moments where you're like what are you saying bud you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah no i think it's i yeah to me it's more interesting what somebody who is danish thinks yeah 100 percent. So. leave us a voicemail about it <laughs> yeah there you go perfect um okay next one is from matt um this one's kind of long so i'm just gonna read part of it Uh, so hi guys my mom listened to rancid specifically an outcome the wolves on tape in the car when i was in fifth grade a few years went by and i didn't really listen to them or punk and then in 2000 i went to a record store and saw an ad for rancid 2000 saying if you bought the cd you would get a free poster and sticker i picked up the cd and thought it looked cool i liked the cardboard case and decided to get it 
When I listened to it, it was much different than what I was expecting. Super hard and fast, and I kind of thought it was funny. My friends and I would laugh at songs like Antennas and Rattlesnake. Fast forward to Christmas of that year, I got An Outcome of the Wolves on CD, and as soon as that bass solo and Maxwell Murder hit, I knew I was listening to my new favorite band. I revisited 2000 and realized it was awesome, then fell down the punk rabbit hole. Eventually, Life, would, Life Won't Wait would become my favorite. Top three for me are definitely An Outcome of the Wolves, Life Won't Wait in 2000. Just not sure on the order. That sounds familiar. So, becoming a fan between 2000 and Indestructible meant that Indestructible was my first new Rancid album. So, for that reason, it will always hold a place for me. I totally understand your feelings toward the album and kind of fell off Rancid afterwards and got tired of the tough guy routine they were doing at the time. Each time they came out with an album, I would always check it out, but it was was definitely a little disappointed in Dominoes and Parts of Honor. Troublemaker is a breath of fresh air, though, and it looks like they might be coming out with a new album this year, so hopefully that continues the trend. My mom got me into music, and when Rancid was touring for Indestructible, she won tickets for me to see Rancid at a small show for a local radio station. We met the guys afterwards and got pictures, and they were all super nice and welcoming, especially Tim and Matt. My mom passed away a couple years ago, so listening to Rancid now makes me feel closer to her since we shared that bond. Anyway, I wanted to write and thank you for doing the podcast. It's always great to hear other people talk about this band. I'm always down to discuss them and keep up the great work. So that's a great, like, this is, this is, this is it for me. Like, these kind of stories. I, I love hearing for the, like, this kind of yeah. thing. And um, it just, it, it makes this, it, it just makes everything feel more, like, real and connected and, you know, it's, I, I love stories about how, you know, we, we talk a lot about fandom and how, you know, the, the there's like the dark side of fandom and the, but it's always interesting to me, like how people come together for, because of a band and from these very different experiences and different places and, um, you know, then have these sort of shared experiences or connections because of it. And, um, yeah, I mean this story. You know, that's really cool. I mean, this is like the life. Thing with the like, this is like Rand Rand yeah. is important, but like, this is about life. Well, you know, what I mean, like, uh, so, um, like this shows how like yeah, and this I, isn't I, like, about these guys in Rancid as much as it's about music and and fandom can be more about you and your life. You know what I mean? In this weird yes. way, and it's like it is weird, but it's also like you know it's the glue that holds all the other stuff together you know what i mean like and so absolutely i'm you know yeah, yeah. i mean if, for me like it's kind of an interesting a parallel for me is um bob dylan because when i was probably like five six years old if so my mom went to church her father was a preacher so she was you know, but my dad didn't go to church. He did when we were like really young, but or maybe I don't know. There's pick anyway, whatever. He stopped going to church, and so if one of us, me, if my sister, I like if we were sick on the weekend and weren't going to church, we'd stay home with my dad. And when I would stay home with my dad, he like we would sit in the living room, and he would be, he always on Sundays is like when he pays bills and all that stuff. And he would put on records. And so I would just sit there and we would listen to records while he was paying bills. And it was always the th things I remember are we listen to Beach Boys and we listen to Dylan. And the like 60s Dylan records were his records. And, and don't I, I love those records. I'm, you know. But when I kind of got old enough to really start having a much deeper appreciation for Dylan, 
like Time Out of Mind became my record because that came out in like 97. Mm -hmm. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, and so it's uh, just, you know, reading this where it's like, you know, 2000 was kind of hitting his record and indestructible, but like his mom's, you know, and there's that connect. And it's, and it's been a thing. I mean, since then, like my dad and I have that still have that connection. And we talk about like, he actually, they were cleaning out their storage unit last year and uh, he had all his records in storage. And so now I own all his Dylan records and it's just, it's a, the, yeah, the, the connection to me, it's like, it's all like the connections that, happen in your life because of stuff like this is that's the that's the shit (laughs) that's it you know and so i I just love hearing stories like yes it's a wonderful message and like this is what this podcast is about sometimes we get off off of this sort of stuff because it's like hey we record every week but like i love hearing this stuff and I, i i know there's a lot of you know probably some sadness in this too but like Man, what a yeah. what a what a crazy thing! Also, blew my mind yeah. that your mom listened to Rancid driving you around when you're in fifth grade. Like that, <laughs> that's like ow. No, not even. No, yeah, that's yeah. God, <laughs> I mean, it makes amazing. sense. I mean, like that's the cool thing about bands with longevity too is like the intergenerational element of it. You know, like my kid is eight, and we're gonna go see Interrupters, which are you know like kind of a Rancid adjacent yeah. project, and you know like that's pretty wild. I listened to, you know, all this stuff when I was in middle school and high school, you know, like, it's like, this is, it's cool that we live in an era where like this stuff can be kind of has that longevity. And it isn't like the difference between my grandparents and my parents music couldn't be more different. You know what I mean? And like, right. You know, like the, 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 it's like the silent generation, the, and the boomers are like, they're not, they have no connection culturally to each other, you know, like, where we live in much more of a, you know, squishy generation, you know? And so it's so nice to hear that, like, it's a shared love and it's, you know, you kind of make fun of bands for getting old, which I think is one of the more silly things that we do. You know, I think Sonic Mm -hmm. Youth got better, you know, if anything, you know what I mean? Like when they got older, like, and like, you know, a lot of bands, why would we, why would we think that they only could make a good record when they're 21, you know, certain genres maybe, but like, I don't I don't totally believe the whole thing that like bands are only relevant when they're 23, you know. So Oh. I can't believe that goddamn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I well, still not haven't quite, made my good I'm, record yeah. yet, you know? Right. Yeah, I'm still You're making that. your best music year yeah. of your career, man. You know what I mean? Like like I yeah, that's how I feel. You know, I don't know how you know, I'm glad somebody agrees. I don't know how many people do, but yeah, and like that's um I I yeah, I don't buy any of that shit. <laughs> yeah no I mean to be fair Branson may probably made their best music in but, the 20s, but. <laughs> well, they're they're showing that they're still able to make interesting stuff though I think uh, all of a sudden you know hey. so yeah, so bad optics, optics exactly I'm thinking exactly that alright Andre asks please make an episode about Tim Armstrong's feature with section hate on Sweet Sweeper uh, I have heard this I listened to it uh, I it's definitely in the thing in the you know list of songs uh, for me yeah, I found it very interesting to see him guesting on sort of a classic like almost like uh, purposefully uh, offensive 80s thrash you know thrash punk bands you know kind of like like uh, almost like uh, 
stormtroopers of death sort of band it's not as offensive as that but you know like that sort of that sort of like over the top kill them all like sci-fi violence sort of throwback band yeah. i found that very funny and i wanted to know it piqued my interest enough to be like where did this come from does he is he just buddies with one of these people or did they ask him so i you know anytime he kind of stretches himself in any direction i, I get you know, I get kind of excited. So, like, it's definitely going to be on the list sometime. So, I literally had to look it up when I saw this. I think I think I sent it to you <laughs> at some point, being like, "Oh, maybe so." But, uh, but so. it is very like, what? Where did this come from? I, I remember I somehow, you know, I, I was trolling for like, what has he been guesting on in the last ten years? You know, when I had, uh, when we started the podcast and it came up, and I was like, "What? <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I mean it's rancid and rancid so, adjacent. It's, so it's totally list. That's as adjacent yep. as it gets. I don't know. That sounded weird. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Okay. Let's see. Dixon sends in. You guys touch on this quite a bit, but I can't remember if you've actually come out and said it. Rancid is only good when Tim was hitting on hitting it on all cylinders, ninety three to two thousand. After 2000, they took a nosedive. Lars is consistent. Matt is always on point. Brett and Brandon are great. The wild card is definitely Tim, and it seems that when him and Brody broke up, he went sideways and took Rancid's music with him. Also, Raid. Fuck. Best song with him since 2000. I hope this is good omens for the new Rancid album. Rancid shaped my younger years. Huge fan of the podcast. You guys are crushing it. Thank you. And then P.S. When are you guys going to get some of their B-side tracks? Tattoo, Brad Logan, Heart of They Fall. Those are some serious bangers. And we did. What did we do? I can't remember. Things to come. Things to come, yeah. did. That yeah. was the, um, and, you know, I want to riot to me. I think a comp tracks is B-sides, but whatever. Yeah, we we will do more B-sides. Well, yeah, for sure. B-sides are coming. I love Brad Logan. I love Stop. I love a lot of this stuff, for sure. Yeah. Um, um, but to the, yeah, to the like meat this, of this, the message. The simplification of, like... In a weird way, we have kind of confirmed this, but is this the reason we've we feel this way? I think so. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, like when I read this, I was kind of like, "Oh, I mean, I would." I, I think that Brett leaving had more of an impact than I, I agree with that. I think give credit. I for. think Brett had, has um, way more impact than people. And I agree that Matt is always on point on bass um his vocals have, i mean come on boom come on like that's not that's fucking terrible um i mean my i'm matt freeman and i'm here to say um anyway i think he got go go <laughs> love, into I, both of those though by Tim. Though, you know what i mean like i don't think he does that well, by himself quite yes i'm sure but anyway um and i do you know the very and this the very first episode of this podcast I said, in my mind, Lars is the head and Tim is the heart. And I still believe that completely because I think Tim is the absolute heart of Rancid. And I, th- uh, this all tracks like, cause to post 2000, like indestructible to honor. I mean, we've talked about this. I'm not going to go on a bit, but I just think it's bad. Like I think, and, and you know, and I've come around to this idea that I actually think that Indestructible is the album I like the least, but that's for a lot of you know whatever. But I think I, I think there's 
truth to this. I think that it's, and it makes sense because I mean, and Lars talks about this interview. Tim's the leader. Tim is the, you know, the captain. And so if he's not on, like that's going to, you know, throw everything. Yeah. I think it's a very simple, simplified way of saying what is the truth, because I think there's a little bit of like a recursive loop between like where Lars is at, where Matt's at. And then that feeds back into Tim and they can be somewhat of a bad feedback loop. If that makes sense of Lars kind of going down a bad path around 2000. Also, I, I, I got the feeling that he was also going through like midlife crisis shittiness around that time. So like, yeah, I don't know when he had his kid. Yeah, that's a good point. So, like, I I just think this is a simplified, but, like, the truth is the same. You know what I mean? And then I guess we would say the reason Troublemaker is good was because it was Tim making his kind of, like, calm down, it's going to be fine, go back to writing what you know and not trying to prove anything as much. And just write a good yeah. record. And it was a very Tim-focused record. And he did. And that's why we like Troublemaker. Like, like is, that part isn't really included. It doesn't sound like Dixon likes Troublemaker as much. But, um, sure. like, would that be part of this theory? Is that he's kind of coming out of the nosedive? And that's why Troublemaker's good. Bad Optics is happening. And all that stuff. I mean, I think... And- you know, that's my name. Exactly. This is all so simple <laughs> I, you when know. you're not involved in any way. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I do, I, yeah, like, it, it is a total simplification, but I do think there's a lot, like, as goes Tim, so goes Rancid. In a big, uh, not, not completely, but, but I mean, it, I mean, it makes, it makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, and again, I do think that, Brett leaving was, I mean, Brett played on indestructible and I fucking hate indestructible. Musically. It's, I think musically (laughs) it's tighter than some of the other racks. records. So I, I agree with you. I, yeah, I agree with Um, you. Um, although I think, you know, yeah. Troublemaker, this is a troublemaker throws a wrench in all of it for me. Cause I like, but I do think it is. I think troublemaker was written with a different backing band originally. Uh, well, so I, I, cause it was, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. We're going to see. I think one of the most interesting things we're going to be able to contrast is recent Tim with a different group of people around him with bad optics and recent Tim with the old hands of yeah. of the of Rancid, you know, and see like what happens. It's going to be really That's, interesting. I mean, to see we are what... such fucking nerds. Rancid. Oh my God. But like, oh, I know. it's going to be but interesting. Rancid, Rancid 10. Yeah. Rancid 10 is going to tell the story. It is. It's going to be really interesting. So. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. It's a great time to be a fan. I'm, I'm going to really hope that the narrative surrounding all this is a little bit of our, like, hopefully this is a little bit of ther- post-therapy, you know, for all of them. They all seem to be in a much better place. Lars is being way more true to himself. He just loves fucking Kiss and wrestling. And, and, ra- wrestling. and he's a yeah. wrestling influencer. <laughs> and he, you know, he's just a... <laughs> you know a, a yeah. nice guy he's being his best nerdy yeah, self it's man. all he i feel like he used to tell himself no you know what i mean and now he's telling himself yes on all this stuff and like that's my narrative and radical that's not acceptance a, that's totally not fair but it's like i think it's happening so and also by the way dixon you sent us a couple nice messages and i do want to appreciate that and say 
thank you every time you send a message. We we really appreciate it. So, um, yeah. Jonathan sends in an email saying, "Yo, Rancid Pod, what's your favorite Rancid music video and album cover? Love the podcast and see you in the pit." All right, let's do this one by one. Music Al- video, album cover is easy no, for let's me. Start with album cover. It's easy for me too. Let's just get that one out of the way. It's like it's life far away, but it's that stupid font. It like kills it. Right, right. But the picture the is picture so is good. phenomenal. Like, I because generally I think rancid album covers are pretty bad. Too. What's I'm, number two yeah. for you? Because I think life far away is so obviously good that it's like uh, because yeah, right. No, I agree that it, I'm like trying to think. Um, so for me, it's pretty. It's there's two, it's funny because it's the same problem because there's two that are it's the <laughs> same problem as album because it's it's, it's well okay so let me just say it, instead of being very obtuse uh, yeah. it's either two thousand or it's an outcome the walls an outcome the walls actually isn't that great That's what I was gonna say. it's just iconic I <laughs> right. think you know it's like it's yeah, a little I, bit more yeah. important the thing than that good I, you know right and there's there to me there's something about that the red logo on that image that just, I I agree. It's like, it's kind of a dumb picture. And I mean, the graphic design is so extreme, you know what I mean? Like it's (laughs) graphic design is my passion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, 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 no, I think it's one of those. And then um, 2000 is probably like actually from a graphic design point of view, like actually good. You know what I mean? On some level. Yes, especially yeah, like that. I really like the border. Yeah, like, the branch, like around it, I think it's good. Like that's as far as them putting their name on any other album covers. That is by far the best. Yeah. Um, if you could do a yeah, really I, nice version, they did a really cool like big version of Life Won't Wait, um, like quad disc or something that I have of like LP version of Life Won't Wait, and they did it. They did such a rancid thing, which to me, I would go give me that photo take the stupid ransom letters off and like just do a beautiful version of that photo. And instead they just did a black and yeah. white with the black line skull of that, that very like important, oh, you know, that classic life one weight skull that's on the wall. Come on. And, yeah. And I was like, come on, man. Like it's, and it's all very black and white and like minimal. And it doesn't even open up to that photo. That photo's not even involved. And I'm like, that photo is so good. That photo is up there with maybe they didn't have the, the best rights anymore or something yeah i know but it's large large took that picture so like um i don't know it's it's uh it's a it's up there with i don't know some of the best rock album covers i feel like from a pure photo Mm -hmm. but yeah music video i don't don't know i mean it must be (sighs) ruby's very (sighs) iconic I think about gonna, him on the bike constantly. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> That's such a nineties. I was gonna thing say to it's probably like, and again, it, it's kind of a cop out answer because, but it's it's got it's for me it's got to be one of the outcome of the wolves videos. Oh yeah, because I mean it's got to be it's just because of the out like that album was sort of. So the wind videos yeah. were played. Well, that helps too, and and they're not just Timovision, which I can't. Yeah, I, sorry, like I don't give a shit about like the Timovision videos. Um, I would probably say it's Ruby, though, would be my pick. I think it's that one. I think Salvation's up there in terms of like being pretty iconic. Yeah, 
I also would say I the other image that gets stuck in my head all the time is the um the weird like it's not babushka kind of looking thing but the like let me go video where tim looks with his like safety glasses on and the head, oh. the head wrap and like <laughs> where he looks like like a little yes. little old lady and like he's rapping and like like there's something about that video that's also very iconic to me and it's all like made in that time so it's all like tw- like 240p and like <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> right right uh, i they don't make very good videos let's be honest like they just don't I mean that's the truth of it. Yeah, they're they're the covers great. and their videos like they're iconic in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things about Rancid that are iconic, but like they're also I think accidentally iconic and like not very good. Um, yeah, I just would want more from a lot of them, you know. Um, and yeah, so I, I might I might pick Let Me Go just because I remember watching it over and over a lot. You know, like that was kind of an early internet thing, kind of in the same way that like. Uh, uh, Ruby Soho is like kind of iconic to the MTV period. Let me go is kind of iconic to the right. early internet period for me. So. Yeah, and like yeah, I mean when, when that came, I'd kind of moved on yeah. from Rancid at that point, so it never really yeah makes sense. I, I yeah. So, um, all right, next, uh, I guess we got a voicemail yeah, next, yep. right? Is that the next thing? Yeah. Uh, so let's play Glenn. Good yeah, buddy, Glenn. Glenn. Got a got a voicemail here hey guys this is glenn from kansas city again with a question for your mailbag episode so you two are both involved in kind of experimental music drone noise music uh music that doesn't really have the signifiers of pop music like verses choruses uh you know melody harmony those those sorts of things that bands like say rancid uh use So my question is, what tips would you have for curious listeners for listening to the sorts of music that that you guys are involved in? Somebody who's coming from a more pop and sort of traditional rock and roll background. um, How you know, what should you listen for in drone music or in noise music? What are some kind of tips for enjoying that? Uh, Thanks. Looking forward to the mailbag episode. See you in the pit. Uh, all right, Glenn. Thanks. Thanks as yeah, always. Great for questions from Glenn. Always. Yeah. Um, this is tough. <laughs> this is. It's, I'm it, trying. You know, when when we I first heard this, I was like, "Oh man, that's because you know I've been. It's been one of the most central pieces of my life for going on over two decades. Yeah. And so it's so it's I'm it's like okay, how, let me get back. Um, yeah, let's see. Where does the biggest start? thing is <laughs> the biggest. There's a couple things I would I would lay down. One is like I think the one of the nice things about the noise and experimental scene that I think lines up pretty well with this podcast is the good side of that scene. The core message is like what you like. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the core message is if the sound coming out of a speaker makes your brain enjoy it like your brain says good i enjoy this then it's valid you know there's nothing else to it and like the other part i would say very strongly is day to day moment to moment it's very subjective i will enjoy the hell out of a certain show or a moment or a record 
and I will listen to it again and I will be like, not not doing it for me. Because it is you as you get more and more into subjective out there music, it is very much dependent on you it's it's a much a reflection of you as it is as a reflection on the music, I think. Uh, especially very, very out stuff. So like there's don't well, don't yeah. get caught up in the judgment of I should like this or I you know or I'm not getting this. So like right. that's that's the death of of enjoyment of experimental music. That's the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing with experimental music. I also just think that there's well, I'd say music but in yes, general. I, but, yeah. I, yes. but I think that like it comes up way more with experimental music where people are like, and experimental art in general, where people are like, I either get it or I don't. It's like, no, nah, it's way more mushy than that. You know what I mean? And it's, you might feel it in the moment or not. And it's what it means to you to get it, quote unquote. It could be completely different than somebody else. Like, who cares? Right. Right. I mean, and that's, uh, I mean, that's a big part of um, my opinion. You know, I, my website is my, my the way I approach these things and write about these things is I I don't get into the weeds of you know the necessarily the structure or the technical aspect. Like to me, it's about how when I listen to this in this moment or in general, whatever. Like, yeah, how does it how does it make me feel? What does it make me think about? What is it? in my mind um and i i i've i don't know that I've, i haven't talked about this on this podcast but like one of the most formative experiences for me when it came to art I, writing let's say is in college i took a class so this is it's this is like the most random thing but um the university of tulsa for the longest time until he died that great world famous Russian poet Yevgeny Yevtushenko taught there for half the year because he lived in Tulsa for half the year and he lived in Moscow for half the year and he taught classes on Russian European cinema and Russian European poetry and I was a freshman and I'd heard I'd heard someone people were like oh it's like a really easy class and I thought it sounded interesting I was like oh it sounds interesting and it's easy that sounds great and I only kind of knew who Yevtushenko was at that point um, this was back, you know, pre-Wikipedia and stuff, but he, my parents had a collection of encyclopedias, as you did by, back then, and he had a page in the encyclopedia, and that kind of told me, like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> he's a big deal. <laughs> anyway, his whole thing, so I took Russian-European cinema my freshman year, and basically the class was, we'd show up, it was at night, it was like a 6 to 9 p.m. class, you'd show up. You'd watch a movie, some random European or Russian film, and he then he wanted you to write a response to it. And he was like, I don't want you to tell me what, you know, the meaning of it is. I don't want you to, you know, talk. He's like, I want you to just write how it made you feel. That's what I want to know. And that was the class. And it kind of just was like, oh, shit. That's. And so that's been a big part of my approach to music and art and is like that piece of it is so important. And so as far as, you know, finding what you like, I mean, the hard, the, the real hard part is there's so much and it's like, where do you start? How do you know where to look? 
And, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 plus years and I still uh, sometimes like, shit, I, like, I mean, I, I do most of it through Bandcamp. That's kind of my home base. Um, I mean, and because I run a experimental music review site, I get sent a shitload of stuff in my email, but that doesn't apply to anybody listening to this probably. So, um, I, I mean, and so, yeah, where to start, go ahead. I do think that like, there's, there's this thing that people look down upon, but I do think that there is like some canonical stuff that is just like good crossover stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I know that that's like a weird way to look at things, but like, almost everybody does. Everyone's got to have a gateway drug. Like, almost everybody does a progression, and the progressions are all a little bit different for everybody. But like, there's like, oh, I was in Rancid, then I listened to Sonic Youth, and then it's like, there's always like, then I heard a Boredom's album, you know, or then I heard the Black Dice album, or like, then I heard Finesse, or like, you know, like there's certain things that are like just, just like have enough like structure or touch points that they can understand and they're like okay this feels like something i understand or it's kind of um listenable in certain ways it gives me some handholds right and i i think talking in that way can be unfair because people are like sometimes it's worth it just to jump off the deep end and grab a random noise tape off the you know off the the merch table at your local noise show and that will be life-changing too totally true i think it's all of those things combined but like I do think that there's some real merit to finding the crossover stuff and then progressing, you know what I mean? Like, you know, getting it annoying sure. and getting into, I mean, you know, and then vice and C and then you're like suddenly like, whoa, what's this music concrete track that comes on halfway through the record? Sure. You know, and like, I, I mean, Sonic Youth is, a, is such a classic. It, that right? was like, right. I mean, that like for me, it, the, the progression was Nirvana, Sonic Youth. <laughs> but another you know uh, 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 you know another big one for me too and this this was like late 90s was godspeed yes yes um just opening up and, time and, you know, and 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 scope and all that stuff yeah right well and because you know, and we we've talked a lot in the uh context of rancid how we're really drawn to stuff that's kind of anthemic yeah. well they take anthemic to a whole other place and so, like, it appealed to me, and I mean, and you know, I, uh, the lift your skinny fist, like, into like that album was sort of was kind of life changing because yeah, yeah the, the 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 scope of, and it's like oh my god, there's like these twenty minute like epic movements, and they're you know, and then with them, it's like and it's politically charged, and yeah, it's, and they're, know, they're really deeply more it, punk than I think most punk, you know what I mean, and like yes, absolutely. Um, so that was a big one for me and 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 it's so and that was like a thing where it was like a friend of mine had it was it's my friend john that we've I've talked about on this podcast who we were huge rancid fans together when we were teenagers and he had moved to seattle to get a job at microsoft like out of i don't even think he i don't even think he even was graduated college <laughs> i think anyway whatever and because this was you know the big tech the first tech bubble that was huge in Seattle yep, at the yep. time. And, and he I saw them live and was like, Holy shit, dude, you've got to hear this band. And then from there it was, you know, and, and like that, like one of the things that I always did and I still do, and I don't think it's as much of a thing now, but it was like, and this is because back then you couldn't just go and hear anything instantly and you yeah. know, to check it out and see if you liked it. You had to, but it was 
oh, this is on this label called Constellation. <laughs> what else is on this label? I yep. bet it's cool. And I got like really into like Do Make Say Think and then yeah. Fly Pan Am. And then, and then the weird thing with like Godspeed and all that stuff is th- some of those guys are now like then were part of the scene I was in because like Roger Tellier Craig was a member of Godspeed and then started making amazing sort of Cosmiche yeah. synth music back in the late 2000s and um anyway like so for me like i like i if i find something i really like i start to follow threads because one of the things that is and this isn't just this isn't specific to like experimental music but it's especially true about experiment is most of the time the people you'll hear something you like and it's like that person's involved in 15 other things (laughs) and so it opens up a whole other world to start to explore i would say one great easy place to start if you just want to hear weird shit you've not heard and see if it's your thing listen to the foxy digitalis daily <laughs> podcast <laughs> i'm yeah, just no, i i fully agree like i mean you can hear brad's thoughts process and why he likes these things you know what i mean and it, it goes from very very out stuff to just like i would say stuff that's a little bit more accessible and all all between you know what i might do is make a playlist because a thing i love a sweet spot for me and something i i really love is there was a lot of crossover stuff that there's a type of music i love that's like an ecstatic thing that i think is a lot of the reason why i love rancid you know this kind of major mm-hmm. chord fast punk rocky thing mm-hmm. it's why it's also why i like akron family it's also why i like the meishi back in the day there's a style of music that I think gets undervalued by experimental worlds, but sometimes has these crossover bands, right? Um, and you know what? I could make a little playlist for people who are almost like, hey, people who really dig Rancid, do you want your first sort of foray into some experimental? Yeah. And it's like Lightning Bolt, uh, Parts and Labor, uh, uh, The Meishi, Parts of Akron Family, these like ecstatically yeah. up poppy manic maximalist mincemeter 10 speed um his new there's a lot of music i have not thought about right in a long right time. Like, and it's like that's why great. was yeah. that there's a period where that that's like that sort of stuff a lot of the weirder hardcore and like this poppy sort of crossover of like bright major chord uh crossover noisy overdriven punk rock that's where a lot of the crossover to noise and weird music happened for us, right? Like, like that's where a lot of this happened mm-hmm. for a lot of people. They got deeper and deeper in hardcore. They're like, mm, you know, and like, and and it gets you used to being more and more interested in wow, the textures that are happening here are more important mm-hmm. than the song structure happening here. We talked to um, uh, this is the second time this has happened, Jeff. Um, Sun Watchers, right? Sun Watchers. Sorry, Jeff. Like, Sam hates you. I we just talked about how we can't remember anything. Whoever you are, I want to call him Josh for I some know. reason. I don't. I don't know what my because if we had Josh well, on, that, those are Josh, our two guests. I. Yeah. That's what the problem yeah. is. I have this weird moment where I have like this like. We, we need to have a guest whose name. Yeah, we, we need to have a guest whose name doesn't start with. And the then J my brain will like click and be fine. I know Jeff. Right. I'm fine. It's fine, Jeff. Sorry. Uh, anyway, Sun Watchers, yeah. his band, like, I, I put him right in there. Of like, what, though they're very structurally beautiful and amazing, like crystalline, you know, kind of um, jazzy, interesting, proggy structures. Right. But, like, 
they also have that overdriven, beautiful, like, and I go, like, it doesn't blow my mind that he was into Rancid as a young man. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to put a playlist together of, like, sort of some stuff for you guys, like, because that's how I crossed over. You know what I mean? Like, like getting more and more into this sort of, and I go back to, I listen to Fang Island. I love, like, over-the-top, blown-out, anthemic music. Fuck Buttons. Like, I think Fuck Buttons did more for our scene than, everybody, like, shits on Fuck Buttons, but, like, that did more for our scene than like most bands because that it was a crossover thing that was anthemic and overdriven and made people go, Hmm, what's this? You know, it was a lot of people's like equivalent to Godspeed or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and they went, Whoa, what's this thing? It's way more about texture than it is about song structure. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I would say like the other one is like, is animal. I was about to say that. Yeah. Kind of, (laughs) <laughs> did and, and i mean it's it's maybe less blown out but it's very ecstatic. Uh, depends on what era i mean like if you got in it's well that's true you know true. and so like i say animal collective for sure so like i think though a i i really hate that that because those bands are crossover bands they get left behind because that's actually kind of one of my sweet spots and like what i love and like the the every time I find a band in that style, like it gets put in this special box for me of like yes yeah you know like I'm, I get so excited you know um and like there's ones that are accepted and like people love like horse lords you know and then there's ones that like kind of are seen as like oh you know Dan Deacon is another one I would think of right like where you kind of go well I'm kind of over it you know and you're like how could you be over it it's so fucking good you know what I mean like, you know, like, um I mean I yeah. some of it comes from a lot of that music was made at different points where like the world felt like it was getting better and the world hasn't felt like it's getting better in a long time you know like I think the fact that a lot right, of that music there. was made post 2008 was a big deal um yeah uh, so maybe it was harder in the Trump COVID era it's harder to listen to some of that music but if you do want that sort of racing ahead anthemic major chord staring in the sun that's my favorite stuff boredoms you know what i mean like this is my favorite music in the world Mm -hmm. you know i could definitely show you like and i think it's like again i think it's kind of looked down upon to say like hey you kind of need to dip your toe like yeah some people are just going to go listen to their local noise artists and go i get it it's punk rock to its core that's the other thing i would say i know we're talking a lot about this but you basically said explain yourselves (laughs) <laughs> to, to, but like the other thing I would say is that the, that really made like people as I brought them into noise locally you know and um, I, had a, I had a band for a while called Megabets that was very much trying to be in that style like that overdriven bright style um, uh, my partner in that band was not really in that scene but like immediately assimilated when we kind of had a really good scene happening in Seattle and he was just like this is so much more punk rock than any punk rock we've ever been around. We've been around hardcore scenes. We've been around, you know, national punk rock scenes and all these things. And he's like, yeah, being able to just go down the street and watch a guy, you know, do something violent on the floor with a bunch of pedals feels so much more like what punk rock feels so formalist. Once you have seen this, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's so silly to say that that's punk rock. It sounds like pub rock from the seventies. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, it it, it feels it kind of undermines right. a lot of like, <laughs> what are you talking about, Tim and Lars? Like, punk rock, man. You're like, no, you wear you all look the same. Like, the weirdest guys I know all are wearing nondescript right. t-shirts, weird, you know, work boots, and are the nicest people you know, and don't look like they're just some random dude, you know. And then they'll get on stage and cut their face up with a piece of glass, you know, like, like. 
the most extreme musicians are a the nicest because there's no money in it and aren't trying to project anything you know what i mean you you kind of go further and further down these rabbit holes and you realize the true spirit of punk rock is an acceptance of everything you know what i mean like an acceptance of of it's all available to you especially in the internet age you know where cost is so low to make music and to produce music you know yeah and so i don't know there's a, there's so much here we could talk forever and um i'm happy to, i know this could be like a whole other podcast but like you know <laughs> i love that you you know you obviously like playing to our uh, things we love to talk about but like I'll yeah. definitely think about picking a playlist for like, you know, like ecstatic music for fans of Rancid who want a little bit more because that's, that's right in my oh, house, great, you know, like I love that stuff. And, and, um, you don't, by the way, everything I just said, you don't have to like any of it. Like the whole point of all this is if you don't like it, right. don't like it. Like, like, <laughs> like it, it isn't, yeah. there isn't like some sort of thing that that is higher art or lower art or any of that stuff. The whole point is, but there's probably some amount of it that you will like if you just like kind of go look for it. And sometimes just like anything in the world, it isn't like that. It's like there isn't it's both that like sometimes you have to develop a taste for something, but developing a taste for it isn't meaning that you are now of a higher level. Does that make sense? Like you didn't you, you, didn't, so. you didn't become a cooler person by developing the taste. You just developed a taste. You know what I mean? Like it's not like right. you like yeah. you're some like more advanced a form of right. music listener you just developed a taste for something you know what i mean like like right i think people Absolutely. put so much stuff stock in like you know art and and understanding art or not and oh i'm not a good enough i don't have a palette for this yet and it's like no it's just you you know it's not it's not as complicated as people make it out to be and and anybody around you who tries to gatekeep this shit fucking get out leave them alone that's the thing yeah yeah, like, and that, yeah, I mean, that's the, it's the big thing, too, is it's like, and, and this just get, goes back to what we try to talk about in this podcast all the time, like, like what you like, if it's not, you know, if it's not, uh, yeah, don't. There's so many bands I didn't and, I mean, like, and then I left, and, and then I came back, and I like Oh. So many bands. Same, and, and, and the other thing I would say, it's just like. If, if you hear, you know, if you hear five things and you don't like it, like, just keep looking. Like, there's so much there's so out much. There. It's so, so much. Like, don't, if you really, uh, you know, I, I am a, I'm a glutton. Yeah. Like, I, I consume music at a ridiculous, to a ridiculous degree. I mean, I go look at Foxy Digitalis. It's absurd. But, like, that's me. And there's no right or wrong way. You know? Like, and that, I mean, that was a big part of why I started Fox Digitalis Daily because it was like, most people don't have the capacity, you know, my wife always says like my superpower with this stuff is my enthusiasm because I just fucking stoked all the time and want to hear, but most people don't have, like, you, I, it's fine. And so it was like, okay, I want to start this thing that's like a little nugget each day. And I mean, and even daily is ex probably extreme for most people, but it's like, a way to just share things that, and I, for that, it's a lot easier to follow along. Because I understand you can go to the website and it's like, holy shit, this is like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think a I think a playlist would be cool. Um, I'd be curious to see because like I don't even, 
I I feel like if we made both made crossover play like what like what were crossovers for us or whatever they would be. Yeah, I think they would be. I think because um, it's a lot about what what's happening in the moment when you were you were personally going through right. that crossover, but um, but still, I think it's yeah, I think it's I think it's a great idea, and um, and yeah, and like don't worry, but like there's no right or wrong way of how things should sound or be. It's just you know. If you hear some sounds and you think it sounds good and you like it, and you, half the time you hear something and, and you'll kind of respond to it in a sort of visceral way, you're not even sure. I'm like, there'll be stuff. I'm like, I don't know why I fucking love this, but it's just I can't help you know. And it's that's cool. Like, just yeah. go with it. And a lot know. of it is patience too. A lot of it is just like you get into this different type of listening and sometimes I can't do that. And sometimes it's like, I need to mm-hmm. put on Fleetwood Mac and, um, and you know, who, you know, like Graceland or whatever. And just like, listen yeah. to a like really well-produced pop album from the eighties. Cause I'm doing something that my brain needs Absolutely. that. Like this thought that like, I'm only listening to like 50 minute tone poems, you know what I mean? Every second of my life. It's like, that's not what's happening. Right. Like, <laughs> so like listen to your own body, but like, indulge in those moments of like, Oh, I'm ready to have a deep listening experience. Then go, go find those things that you need you to like stare at them a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Like that, that's really what it is. It's kind of, it's it's stretching that muscle of like, Oh, this thing isn't just being pushed at me. I got to go into it a little bit more. That's, that's really one of the other things that's happening is that you just, sometimes you're not used to that. And so doing a little bit more deep listening and don't like be like, well, I'm not in the mood for deep listening. So I must, I must be like not good at deep listening. It's like, I'm not in the mood for deep listening. Fucking 90% of every day. You know what I mean? Like, like give me a break. Like, you know, and also sometimes it's like, don't listen to it deeply. That's the other way to to deal with a lot of this music. It's like, I mean, literally ambient music was to not be listened to deeply. You know what I mean? Like, like both hallways are valid. Like it's, it's, I don't know. There's so much to be said here, but like the biggest thing is, we love this stuff and I would encourage you to try some of this stuff. But what we're talking about is like such a broad thing, you know what I mean? So just keep listening and keep finding things you like. And that's you're ahead of 80% of the people in the world because you're just finding things, new things that you love past high school. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're already, you're already supporting the music industry more than most people do by just doing that. So doing great. Yeah. I think that's so anyways. All right. Let's leave it. Let's um, leave it there. We got yeah. a couple more. Going to get to uh, Drew wrote us a really great email. Um, it's I'm gonna I'm just gonna read part of it because there's a lot and it's this is getting long. <laughs> um, but I think this is the best, kind of most important part. So um, after telling us how great we are, I think, and telling us to get an email address, we did. We did Drew. Drew's advice. Um. Um. Anyway. He says, honor is all we know. This album came out when I was dead broke. My wife and I had just gotten married. We were moving in with her family for a bit to save money. I'm an actor and I was between projects, etc. One fall evening, I needed a hit of new music. I had been working some of my side hustles hard for weeks and was giving myself a cheap thrill. An honor, uh, 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 an honor was on sale on the iTunes store. Thanks, Mr. Gerwitz. I sat in a small bed, my wife asleep next to me in her parents' house, headphones jacked into my ears. It was a joy I needed. 
I listened to the shit out of that album, particularly the first three tracks, which are like a little suite of rancid happiness. Do them together. That's how they were packaged. I was totally won over by their promo video of the first three tracks together. The rest of the album was okay, fun, maybe a little better than Tim's solo record. I listened to it a lot years later when I was going to the gym. It usually made me pretty happy and continues to when tracks come on shuffle. So we, uh, we you know, we've done one honor episode and um, I think made it pretty clear that it's not our favorite, <laughs> but this really gets to a lot of what we've been talking about that that's our, like the, it's the experience of where you come to things in your life, like ha- shape how you feel about them. And so many ways, like I don't, I would never sit here and I'm, I mean, I might, if I'm being a smart ass and be like, well, objectively, <laughs> this is garbage because you know, it's all subject. Anything. If anybody tries to tell you anything with music and art is like, this is a, eh, approach it with caution. Cause you know, it's like, I can totally just the way that drew relates the story. It, it's like, yeah, of course this album is he loves it you know like i've been there i mean i I can't think of anything on the top of my head but there are records that i love that people are like i don't understand why you're so into this record and it's like well because i had this experience that really influenced my like emotional connection to it and when it comes and frankly when it comes to music it's that emotional connection that is like the main driving force behind what we're going to you know listen to or it'd be whatever you know and so i i mean i i think i I really like this story i i really like this email yeah i think you know we were talking about you know trying we need to find a a song for next week and you had suggested that maybe we just do we knock out these three songs and see if we can kind of put ourselves in the headspace and be like all right Uh, i like like that idea yeah I, i um it also knocks out three <laughs> or three. Uh, right. In case we, in case we hate in case we really don't like it, then we got three more. Checked off the and to be clear, I I believe my feeling on honor is, is it's, I, I really dislike indestructible as we go back to it, just because it's so cringy to listen to. And so painful from a lyrical point of view. And then, um, yeah. Up to what the fucking up to no good is what I want to call it. Roll the roll the dominoes. He's <laughs> uh, like a mess of yeah. a record, and then this one just is so flat to me. And so that's that's what we're fighting yeah. uphill against. Is like, can I get past that feeling of the sort of like mediocre flatness of this record? Of just like, where's the passion and where's the where's the um just hook. You know what I mean? Like it's the energy it's like they're, they're like, like yeah, passion. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but we know they can do, and and I, I think Troublemaker I mean, does a lot better. You know, so right, right, yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is with the three bad records that we mm-hmm. think are bad. Um, six months ago, it was like Domino's was just like, oh my god, this is just like number nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so bad. I think it's actually uh, out of the three, it's the one. Because it's got like more admirable <laughs> qualities. Like it's a, 
they tried like the something. L- they failed spectacularly. It's the biggest fuck up, but it like I'm kind of like good on you for trying and failing. Right. And it feels also like it feels like they booked time and they didn't know what to do with that time. And it feels like the really really feels like going back to it. We should probably like look at this again. That like the recordings that they got for their acoustic session that they like like slid on there too. Was like when oh, they finally yeah. like found the passion again a little bit, you know, and they like had this like pristinely right. recorded kind of like limp record, and then they like were like, oh, we we're having fun doing the record the acoustic one, you know, and they they went around doing an acoustic set right. for that. It's like they found what they were looking for, but like after they had booked all this really expensive time at like Skywalker Sound <laughs> and stuff, and like <laughs> like. Like, like it was like Tim was kind of dragging them, you know, behind him going like, yeah, we're going to do this record. And, you know, and and it, it and it's such a mess, okay. you know, and, and it is funny that like I don't want to listen to it, but like I have a lot of admiration right. for. If... You know what? Maybe that's why I don't. It's become my favorite of those three because I don't I, I never have to listen to it ever again. <laughs> I don't know. No, but I think, you know, it's, yeah, it's a mess and it's a failure. And I, that makes me like it more. But anyway, I, I, back to the, so yeah, I think that's a good call. You know, we said we were going to figure out what we we're going to do next week from the mailbag. Let's do the first three on honor and see if we can find a little bit of magic. Yeah. And if you guys got any feelings about those first three on honor, send us a, voicemail and we'll in- include it yeah um yeah okay what we yeah, got one more? one more all right you got it or am i, I reading you're it? gonna have to do it i'm, I'm at the end of my rope okay all right all right awesome episode about troublemaker i wasn't able to say this but episode 24 actually re- was actually released on my birthday uh, so that was a nice present from you too. Anyways, I find it super interesting that this album was supposed to be a Tim's solo album. I love Tim's reggae-ish album. I honestly don't care much for Tim Time Bomb, but there are a few songs I like under that name. I think Rancid as a band became much more comfortable with what they wanted to make in this album. They stopped trying to be the cool punk grandpas and reverted back to just being cool punks. I honestly 100% agree with the fact that there is so much influence from other bands on this album. I seriously thought they co-wrote some of the songs with Dropkick Murphys. I find it interesting that Sam, I think, said how he felt he kind of missed out on some of the early punk scene due to his age. I'm 16, and I feel like I am looking at this band from a, from a window. I remember listening to Rancid 2000 and hearing Tim say on GGF, okay, this is Rancid signing off for now. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. And feeling sad that I kind of would never get to get that feeling of anticipation of the next great album. But alas, that's the way of life, I guess. And thus is the way of music. Anyway, sorry for such a long message. Had to type it out in two separate chunks because I put too many characters in. But thanks for another great episode. Can't wait for the next one. And if you're ever in need of some younger expected into this older band, you know where to find me. This is Alex signing off for now. Until next time, I'll hear you guys later. <laughs> I just enjoyed so that. So that's editing. cool. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, think it's, I just, I'm like, I think it's cool we got somebody, you know, I mean, that's. Yeah, that blew my mind. Like, man, like, like, good perspective. Like, exactly. Like, I think that record's got a couple songs that I'm like, are you sure this isn't a Dropkick Murphy song that they're covering? 
um, in a good way. And then uh, have that perspective of like, yeah, that I know that exact feeling of like listening to like Minutemen or something and being like, I'll never see this band or I'll never be part of the scene, you know, like, and yeah. um, it's that same feeling. And like <laughs> that feeling of that, that kind of hurt me of that feeling of like that anticipation of like uh, being into a band at the height of their power you know for rancid like yeah but then hey alex i mean bad optics came out of nowhere and now you're hopefully kind right. of excited i mean it's not the same i'm sure but like you know you never know what's going to happen yeah that's true you know i wonder how somebody like him who is what their excitement level is for bad optics because obviously for like you and me because op ivy yep. is everything and so that it's like oh my fucking god um and it helps the song rules, but you know, like, God, could you imagine if you like, played it and it sounded like L.A. River? <laughs> anyway. um, Jesse wouldn't put his name on it. He'd be no. like, no. Like, no, no, no. I feel, I feel like the Rancid guys just kind of go along with him. I don't feel like that's the Jesse hope, right? Is that this record's going to be better because Jesse's editing? That's what I'm projecting yeah. onto it. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, that's cool. I, I think it's. And I think it's, I mean, that's, it's just amazing to me that it's 2023 and there's like 16 year old kids out there listening to Rancid. St- like, and having good perspective. And you know, I mean, he understands like how it all yeah. kind of fits together and understands, you know, similar other bands. It's all come full circle, man. And, you know, I was, we were the 16 year old kids a hundred years ago, <laughs> listening to Rancid podcasts weren't even a thing that existed. Yeah. I- that's wild. Yeah. Well, thanks, Alex. And thanks to everybody who sent yeah. in something. Uh, this has been super amazing. Uh, been between awesome. the emergency podcast and doing this, like the having like other <laughs> types of podcasts we can do just feels like, oh, we're a real podcast. We're, we're coming around to like a year here yep. and got some stuff planned. And it's just, this has been such a cool thing. And so thanks to everybody who sent something in. Keep sending things in. We'll do these periodically. Yeah. Um, absolutely use the voicemail and everything but like just yeah i i cannot tell you how much how how nice it is to hear that people are like enjoying this even the silly thing we do like we do so much stuff that's just like shouting into the void and i'm sure people enjoy it but like you don't hear much and it's not like anybody owes us this so like i i say this saying like I doubly value it because it's like, I know how hard it is to remember to go tell somebody you enjoy something. So like mission accomplished guys, like you, 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 you made, you know, you did it and it, it means something to us. So thank you. Yeah. I, I echo all that. I don't think I could say it much better. So, um, I guess we'll leave it there next week. We're going to talk about honor is all we know. And yeah, keep sending us message yelling at us on Twitter and Instagram at RancidPod. Um, that's about it. Is that it? That's it. Is that it? <laughs> the pit! on my voice yeah it's hey so yeah, it held up it's it so held close up. to going <laughs>